Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. And we're on with Domain Masters, where you can be the master of your domain. I'm Jonathan Fricks. I am your guest host here on what I consider to be one of the best shows on the Internet. I'm filling in for Monty Khan. And we have an exciting show scheduled for you today. We've got uh, Mike Roddenbaugh from the ICANN GNSO and uh, business constituency. He's also uh, very deeply involved in the Anti-Fishing Working Group and the International Trademark Association, INTA. And he's going to be talking a little bit today about uh, the new top-level domain process, uh, a little bit about uh, some of the work in um, alleviating some of the issues with intellectual property and domaining. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good interview, so stay tuned for after the break. I'd also encourage, this is a radio-only special. We're very lightly advertising this, and we want to get it, get the word out. .asia domains are $6 each at moniker.com. And uh, we're very shortly opening the uh, submission window. Submit your domains for the Domain Fest Global Auction. It'll be in Hollywood uh, from the 27th to the 30th of January. And we've just announced that uh, Steve Wozniak of Apple, co-founder of Apple, was uh, is going to be keynoting the uh, the event, and we'll be announcing very soon a fantastic event that will be happening at the uh, Domain Fest in January. So if you haven't signed up, go to domainfest.com and uh, you know take a look at uh, the agenda, and you'll start to see some really incredible things happening there. Get on to Domain Fest Connect, and you'll enjoy. Uh, interacting with the other attendees, uh, potential attendees and former attendees as well, as uh, you have the opportunity to submit your domains for the live auction uh, coming up at the Snap Names live auction for the Domain Fest Global in January. All right, I'll be right back to you after the break. Uh, Once again, this is Jonathan Frakes on Domain Masters, where you can be the master of your domain. Stay tuned. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program. And it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts. Because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? 
good. They give me all the tools it takes, like dedicated publisher support, analytics capabilities, custom tracking and creative services, and so much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit taxbrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. Taxbrain.com, America's online tax service. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. Look smart. Premium and performance advertising solutions. Stand by for the hook. Hi, this is Katie Kempner. Please join me Tuesdays at the intersection of advertising and PR while I talk with my friends, industry leaders in advertising and marketing about the state of the industry today. The Hook with Katie Kempner. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Get out your spray paint and put your graffiti on our wall. Get all the details on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes! (laughs) Master of my domain. Here's your host. And it's my privilege uh, to have uh, Mike Ruddenbaugh on uh, from Ruddenbaugh Law. Uh, as our guest this week on Domain Masters, Mike Roddenbaugh represents clients in all types of matters relating to domain names, trademarks, copyrights, and other forms of intellectual property and e-commerce, uh, also with licensing, marketing transactions, and dispute resolution. Uh, and, and Mike's got a great background in this. He started his own law practice in 2007, but before that, for about seven years, co-managed the trademark and domain uh, name inventory and strategy for Yahoo Incorporated, a very large company, and uh, has, has handled hundreds of different transactions, dispute resolutions for Yahoo. Uh, the team uh, managed all matters of uh, protection and infringement of Yahoo's trademarks and domain names worldwide. And he advised on all legal and policy issues involving brand marketing, trademarks, domain names, and rights of publicity. And uh, Mike's a graduate of uh, the University of San Francisco Law School, uh, and he's practiced with Lilick and Charles in San Francisco. Uh, He's very active in the anti-phishing working group, the APWG, um, the International Trademark Association, INTA, and then the the ICANN. Uh, In ICANN, Mike was uh, is representing the business constituencies, represented as the North American officer, uh, uh, one of three offices, 
and is one of the counselors on the Generic Names Supporting Organization uh, at ICANN. The GNSO, uh, if you're not familiar with it, develops uh, policy relating to the generic top-level domain space like com, network, biz, info, travel jobs, etc., and the many new GTLDs that will be coming to us in um, in the 2009-2010 range. Well, uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jonathan. It's a pleasure. Yeah, really glad to have you on. And, um, uh, you know, uh, I'd... I just wanted to say that I, I really appreciate getting to know you over the course of time with uh, with respect to uh, you know talking to you at ICANN and these various conferences and I and I I really respect and appreciate your uh, progressive uh, sort of active listening and your thought leadership in you know kind of how to wrangle together uh, some of the better practices and improve things both for trademark owners and for domainers. I, I appreciate your balanced approach. Well, thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, you know, I just think that comes from my time at Yahoo, where we really were kind of in the middle of uh, in the middle of things as a, a major target of infringement, of course, and also as you know, a major provider of domain monetization services. So, sort of, I've always had to look at things both ways. Well, and it drives a lot of balance, and it's uh, something that's really, uh, you know, I, I appreciate because you know of your position with the business constituency at ICANN. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about what what the business constituency is and who makes up the membership and you know maybe just so that sure. uh, you know John Sixpack uh, or Joe Sixpack uh, or Joe the plumber understands what ICANN is and what the business constituency is. Sure, I'm glad to uh, give it a try anyway. And certainly the ICANN alphabet soup can be a little bit hard to understand sometimes, but. So the, the, so the GNSO, as you said, is, is tasked with developing policy related to the global generic names like .com and et cetera. And as part of the GNSO, there are six different constituencies, um, and one of those is the business constituency. Of course, all of well, not of course, but everyone should note that this is all now subject to radical change. Uh, there's a massive restructure of the GNSO going on. So the business constituency is, is likely to be merged in with the existing intellectual property constituency and the ISPs, connection providers constituency. So those three that have been separate will probably be one within the next uh, six, eight months. Um, but for now, the business constituency is composed of 45 different members, businesses of all sizes and, and stripes from, you know, sole practitioner, lawyers like myself and a few consultants, uh, all the way up to to Yahoo and uh, Fox and Time Warner and other really large companies. Uh, It also includes uh, the Internet Commerce Association uh, that represents domainers and a bunch of different uh, domaining companies, including Frank Schilling's company, Richard Lau's company, uh, Parks.com, and a recent one is Andalusia.com, a region, a geodomain of Spain. So, you know, I feel like we've got a pretty good variety, but certainly are always looking for, for more members uh, to give us a broader base of opinion and, I'd say, respect uh, within the ICANN community. Well, that's, that's awesome. And now you're also involved with the Anti-Fishing Working Group. Now, what is that in... Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing there? Um, sure. So the APWG is a is an industry group. It's a, a nonprofit organization that's sponsored by 
a lot of big uh, companies in the anti-phishing arena, such as eBay, uh, with obviously its PayPal unit, um, Yahoo. Uh, some of the larger banks are there um, as as the steering committee, but it's literally thousands of different members nowadays. And I'm working on their Internet Policy Committee, which has about 92 members, I think, at last count. And what we try to do is follow the ICANN and other policy processes um, to try to try to make sure there's an emphasis on what can be done to mitigate phishing and malware distribution, which have just become you know endemic on the internet. Basically, you know, you can go surfing on the internet anytime, any day. And you're just don't really know what's going to happen to your machine when you do that. The drive-by downloads are a real problem, and of course, just standard email spam uh, fish attacks are, are rampant. So specifically, what the APWG is doing these days, there's a few different initiatives we're working on. Um, one that's near completion, and there should be press release on this very shortly. Is a document we put together called the Registrar Best Practices, and it seeks to basically give guidance to registrars that want to handle this problem. And we kind of we made recommendations in three main areas: um, evidence preservation, uh, proactive fraud screening, and then phishing domain takedowns. And basically, we just kind of provide some detailed guidelines as to how they operationally sh- can can deal with those issues. And it's uh, it's gotten the support of some major registrars that, again, should be public pretty soon, and uh, we're, we're excited about it, hoping that uh, that a lot of different registrars will adopt it, uh, if not the entire registrar constituency at ICANN. And then um, we always, working on a couple of We always grab a hold of this, yeah. Oh, Mike, I wanted to comment. Uh, I got the opportunity, the, the privilege to work with um, Two Cows and GoDaddy and um, – and Moniker, of course, uh, worked together on the the MOG, the M. Uh, what is it? The Mail Abuse Working Group, um, which I yep. think was a sub, an offshoot uh, on a registrar uh, best practices as well. So I, I'm looking forward to see what those registrar best practices are, and um, you know, definitely uh, appreciate your work there. Yeah, I mean that's a document that, that we can circulate now. Uh, it's been circulated pretty widely among the registrars already. They've been involved in comments, you know, and all along. Uh, MOG is a different group from the APWG, but obviously sure. focusing somewhat on a similar problem. Um, so a couple other things APWG is doing is, is trying to deal with the fast flux uh, DNS exploits that have really become a big problem. Basically what that is is bad guys uh, changing their IP addresses and or their name servers extremely quickly in order to avoid detection of their uh fish sites and more importantly takedown of those fish sites so they're able to basically hop from one host to another and the domain name that's out there millions of spam mailboxes is you know up and live so we're trying to figure out faster ways to get those domain names down awesome and and you've got some experience with uh, dispute resolution services as well Right, I suppose that would go towards what you had the opportunity to work with. I, I say opportunity kind of lightly there, but you had the chance to deal with a lot of D, DRP um, with uh, your tenure at Yahoo, and and you know probably certainly since because of your uh, strong reputation and uh, and whatnot. So, what are what are some of your thoughts on dispute resolution services? I mean, um, 
if you'd share some of your personal opinions on what could be done in improving the current world of uh, dispute resolution. Sure. I mean, you know, the, the general problem is that it's just simply too expensive. You know, even the, the arbitration processes that are allowed in the registration arenas today are, you know, not all that much cheaper, frankly, than going to court. Um, although they certainly are faster <laughs> in coming to a resolution, and so that they're they're useful. But the problem is that cyber squatters can register names, you know, for eight, ten dollars a piece, and it then costs a trademark owner thousands of dollars to get it back through an arbitration process. So until there's more balance there, um, you know, my view is the cyber squatting problem will just continue to grow. So I'm looking at at things that will make the process cheaper and faster. And a couple of things have happened recently. The, uh, the Czech arbitration court uh, has been allowed now as a UDRP provider. So I think that will help things and provide more competition in the space. It should bring prices down. And they're also, um, they're also innovating. And they're coming through with online filing systems and, and things like that that should make it a little bit better. But I'm, I'd really like to see the UDRP changed fundamentally. So go go to more of a different model like Nominate uses for, for UK names, where there's an early mediation step and a sort of tiered cost structure. So that, you know, if the, if the uh, complaint is not disputed, which is more often than not the case, at least in cases that I've brought, I mean, a very small percentage of them have ever been disputed. Uh, it, then, then Yahoo would only pay you know, 200 pounds instead of the entire arbitration fee to get a decision that they really don't want or need. So uh, I'm hopeful that things will will continue to get better as this balance is imbalance is pretty evident to everybody. Well, and you you talk about the imbalance, and just to be fair, because I you know I think our our listening base is a lot of demeanors as well. You know, if if there was a way for the pendulum to swing in one way, it could swing the other way. Like, domainers are looking for ways to limit the number of frivolous, um, you know, like reverse hijacking claims or, um, uh, you know, even circumstances where, uh, you know, just a, a, a terrible a terrible case is brought up and it uh, it it goes in the direction of the complainant. As opposed to sure. responding, and, and I hear that, and I certainly see those cases sometimes, although they're they're pretty rare. Um, but still, they do happen, and trademark owners do overreach. And I think you know they give a bad name to to everybody and make it a lot harder for people like me to do our jobs. But I, I think that the the same sort of remedies could help. This specifically early mediation step in the EDRP could really help to get rid of some of those frivolous claims before the, the domain owner has to, you know, hire legal counsel and, and do a full-blown response that's going to cost him or her thousands of dollars as well. So you're saying that, that some of the cases of, uh, like, uh, a tiered mediation process where it escalates the, uh, as the fees if you can't get to, some, get to the bottom of something, that's an interesting idea. That really is an interesting idea. And I know... Uh, oh, it you know, works in practice. I mean, it's worked in the UK for years now. So it's tested. Well, it could, it could very well be. You know, the, the tough part is, I think there was a lot of hard work, especially, uh, you know, on behalf of a lot of very, 
you know, it, as imperfect, I guess, as the current dispute resolution services are, they definitely are the culmination of a lot of people's hard work and, you know, may be difficult to change. But, uh, yeah. um, no you know, question. it's not perfect, yeah, but it's better. True. Yes. It was kind it's of kind a of an compromise. Yes. Counteract, yeah, exactly. around, you know, 1999, 2000, but, you know, things have changed a lot since then, right? I mean, Google didn't exist then. Domain monetization really didn't exist then. It's just a completely different story. Domains were 50 bucks then, and now they're seven. I mean, the circumstances have changed. I think our policies need to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that, that all unfolds. And, and now, you know, this is probably a little more... This is probably a little more sexy, uh, you know, more interesting to the domainer audience or people who might be interested. Because you're, you're, I mean, there's a few people, you know, maybe, you know, 20, 30, 40 people who I consider to be really, you know, tied into the process and, you know, really tapped into ICANN. And I definitely consider you on that short list of people. And I know that you're, you know, deeply involved with the GNSO, one of the key things they're working on, and I think it's getting a lot of attention, is this process of new top-level domains. Now, you know, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a lot about the new top-level domains. And, and, you know, one of the things um, that's that's happening, for example, is the timeline. Um, You know, there's questions all the time uh, about... Uh, what's what's going to be the application fee? What is the time frame? Is there a process? Can you share a little bit about what you do know? And maybe, you know, if, if it's something that you're you're doing as a paid services to to clients, obviously, you know, maybe we can you know get your URL out there so that people could contact you. But the um, tell us a little bit about what you what you think the fees are going to be. What you think uh, you know some of these other aspects of the uh, new top level domain process are going to be. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, I can be contacted anytime, Mike at Rodenbaugh.com. Um, and I, you know, I'm always glad to talk about new TLD process. And I am working on several different projects in, for new TLDs right now. Um, but just to step back a second on the timeline and the cost and all that. Um, you know, I've always, I've been speculating for a while now that the application fee should be around, probably is going to be around $150,000 a name. Well, We'll see if I'm right or not. We should know within the next 10 days or so uh, in advance of ICANN's Cairo meeting, which kicks off on November 1st. Um, they should be posting this draft guidelines for would-be new TLV operators. So uh, and the, the most recent timeline they've given is that they would be expecting or accepting applications from anyone who wants to run a new TLD uh, as of March or April of 2009. And that, that might end up sliding in a month or two, given just, uh, well, ICANN's track record, frankly, and the, the fact that this is going to have to go through a couple of rounds of public comment and revision um, before it, it's final. So I, I'm expecting basically around June next year that applications will be permitted, and we'll know the cost of the application in the next couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, most of the speculation is that there will be hundreds of applications for new TLDs. I don't really hear anybody speculating less than that anymore. Uh, some people speculate it could be thousands. Of course, that's all going to really depend on the cost uh, and the I precise agree with you. rules. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, and, and so if you had to guess, um, 
you know, I, I wouldn't suggest we'd bet, but, you know, if you were a wagering man, would you place your, your bet on 150? Or, I, you know, I'm hearing 200, 250. My, my gut is around 190. That's my gut is telling me it'll be about 190K. Yeah. Well, our guts are pretty similar, Jonathan. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, your guess is as good as mine, probably better. So I, I do think somewhere between 150 and 200. I think it's kind of gone. The price has maybe gone up a little bit, as I can realizes that there's a lot of demand out there, and they really want to discourage speculation. They want people that with serious business plans coming forward, not people that want to stockpile generic TLDs. No, I definitely. Uh... I definitely imagine that that's the case. Now, something that's interesting, though, um, you know, we have this whole framework of um, registrars that's been created over the course of the past 10 years. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing an interest in, and I'd, I'd like to gauge your thought on this, is brands. Um, you know, if I get a dot brand, let's say that I am Schick uh, Razors, and I decide to get, uh, you know, Schick dot com or excuse me uh, i've got schick.com i've got you know my my brand and i'm out there fighting in every new top level domain i have to get schick.travel schick.jobs you know or at least you know do a sunrise right. or a stop or whatever those tlds have if i go out and i apply for a dot schick you know first of all you know people might just be able to type schick into the browser but also um, does that get me shick into the reserved list and thus make it unavailable in future TLDs? Yeah, I mean that was certainly an issue that came up, not quite with that that spin on it, but during during our discussions on the GNSO, and I I, I argued against the notion that, and really the person arguing for it at the time was was Jobs Ray Ray Fassett from Dot Jobs. And he and I had quite a had quite a debate going on this, and I'm not really sure where ICANN is going to come out on it. Um, we should again know that in the next couple of weeks. But the issue was was should jobs be reserved in every new TLD that comes out, or travel, which are existing GTLDs? And they were arguing strenuously that it should, and I was arguing strenuously strenuously that it should not be reserved. Those are generic terms that you know. Obviously, if I've got dot uh, yahoo for example i ought to be able to have jobs dot yahoo <laughs> as my as, as a domain name in my tld and it's really similar with you know dot web for example why why should jobs dot web be reserved because there's a dot jobs tld it doesn't really make any sense now of course i come out of completely the opposite direction when you're talking about a trademark i mean i've, I've always thought that famous trademarks ought to be reserved uh, ought to figure out a way to spare famous trademark owners the problem of having to register in every new TLD. And, you know, that just hasn't really been worked out yet. It's, it's going to be a problem for sure. And I, I just feel that uh, famous brand owners are probably not going to be registering in new TLDs like they have in the past. So there's going to be a much larger number of them now. They're fed up with it. They've got a whole bunch of worthless defensive registrations and .biz and .info and other places that they don't want and they're paying for every year. And so they're probably going to decide to sue people rather than uh, continue to buy into those sorts of schemes. Interesting. And so you'd, you'd less see that, um, you know, I'll use another brand, um, Pepsi. You know, if I went and I was, uh, you know, sort of a thought leader 
and decided, hey, I'm going to go get .pepsi, and that might uh, entitle me to locking down Pepsi dot uh, food or Pepsi dot um, you know whatever new top level domain that that would help me block my brand as a proactive matter, even you know whether yeah. or not I would use it. To see. That that seems like it would benefit. Uh, that, it just that assumes that that uh, jo- Jobs wins the argument that we had. Uh, at least in the first, you know, with the ICANN staff's determination, and we should see sure. that in the next couple of weeks. I, I, I really don't know that that uh, all TLD names would or should be reserved, and all feature new TLDs. It really just does not make sense to me. Right. Well, and then there's the thought: is you know, if I were to, um, uh, you know, go out and start doing that, if I was doing a .dot Pepsi or .dot um, let's let's take a geo example, right? Um, you know, I think geo geo domains, you know, where somebody owns, uh, you know, a .com of a particular city is a very popular concept of um, you know setting up a second level domain or a top level domain under which people could register. Um, and I think that that's you know that's something we're going to see a lot of. Yeah, I mean, at least twenty new geo TLDs are already announced their intention. You know, dot Berlin and dot Lat for Latin America and so many others, Africa. So yeah, it's going to be a real issue. I mean, again, I feel like global companies really should not be forced to register their marks and all these new TLDs that they don't want to, and they shouldn't have to suffer cyber squatting for for lack of you know paying that extortion, really, for lack of a better word. <laughs> but well, it's the know, way it is today, you know, the way it is today, it's it's just going to happen, just like it has in the past. I don't see clearly, anything on the table that I can that would change it. Clearly no perfect. Well, what are you, what are you seeing as far as applications go? How, you know, do you have, uh, I mean, with your experience, uh, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of applications. Are you getting some some good interest. I, I know with your background, uh, you know, that it, that it would seem that you would get a lot of that. Well, personally, I'm Are working on three different projects. Um, but there's three projects that I'm involved in right now, and I'm expecting in talking to some other companies that represent a lot of brand owners and manage their, you know, their large domain portfolios. They're saying that they've got interest amongst literally hundreds of their customers alone for new TLDs, and they just don't have the, the staff to, to deal with that. So I expect to be consulting some of those uh, companies' clients as well. That, that would mostly be for branded top-level domains, I expect. Well, sure, sure. Assuming the dot jobs no, But the project that I'm working on, yeah, yeah, assuming, exactly. But uh, the, the TLDs I'm working on are really more to provide different sorts of spaces than we have today. You know, there's a lot of abuse that goes on in in the TLDs, and there's a lot of folks that want to try to figure out whether new TLD business models can can mitigate, if not eliminate, some of that abuse. So I'm kind of excited about it. You know, I was I certainly changed my tune. I, I was never a big fan of new TLDs, and still not really in principle, but. You know, the horses horses left the uh, barn, trains out of the station, whatever you want to say, that are going to happen. So I'm, you know, I'm certainly on board now and trying to find projects that, you know, could make a difference and could make things better out there. Uh, that's good. That's good. 
And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate that you were able to, um, to join us on the show. Um, you know, one of the other things just, you know, kind of when I get somebody with your deep background in intellectual property and, and, you know, with, with the domain space, are, are there maybe some best practices that you could suggest, uh, to domainers to help with, um, you know, kind of helping to alleviate the issues with brands? Sure. I mean, just general strategy, three, three steps. Investigate before you buy. You know, if you're going to spend a significant amount of money on a domain name, you ought to know what the potential trademark issues are before you buy it. Um, so talk to me, talk to another trademark lawyer, do a trademark search, you know, get some comfort that what you're buying is not a problem. And then secondly, know what you're serving on your names. If, if, Know your names, first of all, and know what you're serving on the names. So and I guess the classic example is, is Apple. If you're if you own Apple-Store.com, you know, you best not be serving up computer-related content on, on that page. You better be serving up, you know, Apple-related content, either, either you know, critical content about Apple and, and its stores, the company, or actual content about the fruit, apples, you know. But you shouldn't be indirectly competing with Apple Computer by use of that domain name or you're just asking for a problem. And then the, the third thing I tell people is if you get approached by a domain, by a trademark owner and you're in the wrong, you just just roll over. Give it up. <laughs> You've made enough money on that name in the past, most likely, to, to compensate you. Just give up because if you don't, you are inviting a lawsuit. And I think that trademark owners are getting much more eager and willing to spend money on lawsuits to go after people than they are to file EDRPs to get them names back. Well, I don't disagree with you in clear cases. It's where you start to get into the – and I think it's a spectrum. You know, when you get into the gray area where it's not as clear, I, you know, I – I see people that take a little bit, um, you know, they step back from it and, you know, pragmatically look at it. But clear cases, I totally agree with you. And and folks, yeah, I mean, I agree. And then there's always there's always great cases. There's always great cases, but and, and you have to look at every case on its facts. No question about it. Well, and, and the uh, the Internet Commerce Association you mentioned is members of the business constituency. They have uh, sort of a best practices that they um, they adhere to, and one of the key things they talk about is uh, you know how to respect uh, intellectual property. So that's that's something that um, you know I think I think we're going to see a lot more of as the industry works to do self corrections and and improve um, you know what the perception is of the domainer community and online advertising uh, improves. Well, yeah, absolutely, Mike, and there's so many good actors in the business. It's just a shame that a few bad actors give everybody a bad name at times. You know, well, it's it's um, you know it's it's just like in the in the trademark world. I mean, there's very reasonable people like you, and then there's sort of kill everyone yep. like God sort of intellectual property you know defenders who uh, you, you know kind of make make people approach uh, you know initial contact very viscerally, right? And, you know, folks can't quickly resolve uh, some of the matters that get really tangled up and become kind of expensive. Whereas, you know, having some progressive attitudes about um, this, you know, like a trademark owner could say, well, you know, it, I guess it could be an accident that you did this. You know, maybe your dog did register this domain. 
I don't know whatever the <laughs> the excuses you hear, but you know, you know, if it's um, if it's the case that um, you know rational, reasonable parties sit in sit in the uh, the play as opposed to trying to make examples, I think it really works towards better resolution. But I, I've always appreciated your progressive style, and um, you know, thank you for all of the time you invest into the ICAN process. Um, and I'm very grateful you could be a guest on the show. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jonathan. It's always good to talk. I appreciate it. Thanks. Now, can you spell out your um, your website and your email address? Sure. Um, it's R O D E N B A U G H. Mike at Rodenbaugh.com is my email address. No website live quite yet. It's almost ready to go. just haven't really been a priority, frankly. Sure. Well, that's a high-quality problem when, you, when you're too busy to actually do your website. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, it's easy Mike, to do, but it just hasn't been done. <laughs> you know, I get that complaint about my – I get that complaint about my blog all the time. It's like, you know, I don't eat my own dog food. Here I am in the business, you know, working with domains. It, it puts food on the family's table, and, you know, I just don't update my own stuff very often. So I, I totally get it, right? No stones can be thrown. Okay. Well, thank you, Michael, and uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I will not be in Cairo uh, to see you in the Cairo meeting, but I will definitely be in the Mexico City uh, meeting. And I really appreciate you being a guest on uh, Domain Masters this week. Thanks a lot, Joplin. Take care. I'm sure you'll be glued to the uh, webcasts from Cairo, right? <laughs> Definitely. Definitely following the new TLD process. Take care, Mike. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, our special thanks to Mike Ruddenbaugh, who was on uh, Domain Masters this week. Uh, and I'm Jonathan Frakes. I'm your guest host here, filling in for Monty Khan. Um, just a brief note, uh, the auction submissions are opening up for the Domain Fest Global that's coming up in the, uh, the Hollywood in It'll be January 27th to 29th, and uh, that'll be a great auction uh, roll. So get your name submitted over at marketplace.moniker.com. Also on Moniker, we've got a very special uh, price on .asia domains. They are $6 per year until October 31st. So sneak over to uh, to pick up your .asia domain at moniker.com, and they're $6 each, which is a fantastic unheard of price. Uh, for .asia domaining, so .asia enthusiasts, uh, please uh, think you'll want to take advantage of that opportunity. Well, I'm Jonathan Frakes, and I've, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to be your host this week on Domain Masters, where you can be the master of your domain. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details